Moms Unscripted is a production of Mops International. If you'd like to find a group near you, go to mops.org forward slash group search. If you'd like to start a group, go to mops.org forward slash start a group. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of Moms Unscripted. I'm Mandy Arioto, one of the hosts of the show and the CEO of Mops International, a nonprofit organization that supports mothers worldwide. If you're a mom, we want to help you find support, community, and all the resources you need to mother well. And we have so much more to offer in addition to this podcast. We've got a quarterly magazine that is amazing. You need to check it out. We've got a blog, groups that meet in person and online all over the world, and even an annual conference that is seriously like camp but for moms. We want you to get plugged in, so visit mops.org for all the info you need to start finding honest conversations, practical resources, and of course, lots of mom friends. Okay, if you were at our annual conference, MomCon, in September, then you likely know our guest today. She led the workshop, I Said This, You Heard That, where she taught us all about the four temperaments and how best to talk and connect with all the different kids in our lives. Well, her information was just too good, and we had to get her on the podcast to share her insight and hilarious kid stories with you. As we know, kids come in all different packages with all different wiring, and we need to learn how to talk to the unique kids we've been given. So today, we're going to get some help. Our guest is a communication expert who has spent three decades helping grown-ups make sense of the kids around them. The result? Better behavior and better relationships. Yes, please, to all of that. So let's get to it. Here is today's guest. Kathleen Edelman has one goal in life. I love this. To help people learn to speak kindly to one another. She spent 30 years counseling and coaching kids and families in the art of communication using the four temperaments, which we're going to talk about today, as a foundation. She has a master's degree in Christian counseling psychology, a big heart for educators, and a surprising passion for fast cars and martial arts. I can't wait to talk about that. Kathleen's the author of Grown-Up's Guide to Kids Wiring, and she's married and has two grown children. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Thanks. And you're here to fix our lives. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to fix our parenting. If yes, exactly. Parenting. Yes. Communication. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I love that in your bio, Kathleen, that your, your one goal is to help people learn to speak kindly to one another. Mm-hmm. What a vision. Mm-hmm. It's Seriously. like, if, I mean, how do we not all need that? Well, and that's the whole idea. I mean, that has been since I was like little, like eight, nine, I can remember watching people. I'm from a big family in Michigan and just watching people speak unkindly to each other. And I, in my little blue self, I never was like, why do they, people have to talk like that? Mm. And then Ephesians 4:29 became our family Bible verse. And that's been it ever mm. since it's mm. temperance through the framework of Ephesians 4:29, which do you know? Four twenty. Ephesians 4.29. Please remind us. Do not let any unwholesome words come out of your mouth. Only builds others up according to their needs and benefit all who listen. So even my children, you know, they heard in the prayers in the morning, my husband's name is Brad. My children are Avery and Bryce. And they would hear me, Kathleen, no unwholesome words come out of your mouth. Only what builds Brad up according Mm -hmm. to his needs and benefits Avery and Bryce. That's my, that's my, that's what I'm supposed to be Mm -hmm. doing. Amen. You know, and then we also, then we understand what does unwholesome mean? 
It means anything that doesn't help with the person's needs, which hence the temperaments, you know, the innate needs of the temperaments. So it just all is woven together so perfectly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And and it's not a recreation of what God already did, really. I mean, it's just for us to just kind of understand it in our modern, like, you know, our, our, again, our framework now of who we are as people. It, we were just talking about all of the different, like, um, things that you take to kind of determine who you are, of course, with Enneagram. Um, we, we forget, Kathleen, help us remember, was it like Otter and, and, and Golden Retriever? Mm hmm. But like learning our, our personalities so we can understand each other better. Yeah. Well, again, here's what I really want people to know. There's a difference between temperament and personality, okay? Personality is what you'll get from, they're very good tools. The Enneagram, Strength Finders, Myers-Briggs, DISC, those are great tools. Even love languages. I have people come in my office constantly with the love languages, even boundaries for kids. The issue becomes if you don't know how the person's wired, which means how they're going to process information in their thoughts and how they're going to speak and how they hear. I have people come in all the time. Let's use love languages, for example. And they're like, we're, we still fight all the time. Well, if, if you're a red and your husband's a green and you both get words of affirmation, there's going to be a problem. Because a red's word of affirmation and a green's words for affirmation are two totally different set of words. So it really makes the tool unusable until you find out how the people Mm. are wired. Mm. So what makes temperaments different is that it's that, like Paul says in Ephesians, it's that putting others first approach. Mm -hmm. I have to know what Brad's needs are so that you kind of can flip the cover of the book. I said this, you heard that. What does Brad need to hear so I know what to say? He's green, I'm blue, I speak blue, unless I intentionally look through his green lens and I use words that fill him up according to his needs and benefit all who listen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, the, the personalities, they're going to tell you about you. They're the what that happens. Temperament's the why. So if I could get everybody to understand temperament first, all these other tools would be much more usable. So if our listeners are not familiar with all of this, I feel like let's start from the beginning and say, what are the four temperaments? Can you kind of give us a a ground ground level fundamental of it, of it all? Sure, Matt. Sure. So the hundreds of years BC, before Jesus walked the earth, Hippocrates studied how people naturally responded in different situations. And what he found was that they would continuously fall into four different categories. These categories were labeled by another Greek physician named Galen in about 60 AD. And they thought it was off humor or fluid of the body. So they used these Greek words, sanguine, choleric, melancholy, and phlegmatic, to describe the temperaments. Um, They've since over the thousands of years they've used it in psychology and science, realized it has nothing to do with the humor of the body, which is good because the words can be kind of gross, right? Um, I put them, especially for children, I match them up with color so that they're much more 
easily remembered. They're much more um, rememberable. So the yellow, sanguine. The red is choleric. The blue is melancholy. And the green is phlegmatic. Now, Matt, it's really important. In the books, I put a chart in there because it's very important how the chart is set up to understand how the people naturally respond. For example, the yellow and the reds are extroverts. That does not mean they like to be around a lot of people. Again, we're talking communication. So it's how they process information. So their thoughts and emotions go outward. These people talk before they think. Then you have the blue and the green that are introverts. They're processors. I happen to be a blue-green. So I process before I think, I or talk. I think before I talk. So right out of the gate, you have extrovert and introvert. And then you have people and tasks. You have two sets. The red and the blue are task-oriented people. They're going to always pick something to do, something to produce, something to accomplish over people. The yellow and the green, they want to connect. They want relationships. They want to have some kind of person connection before tasks. So if you're a mom or a dad and you're looking at your children, you could dig in right there. Do, the, do your children just blurt out things? Are they giving commands? Are they taking control? Are they, um, are they labeled as loud instead of shy? You know, are they saying too much of their opinion instead of advocating for themselves? So just the extrovert, introvert, people task, you can already start to identify a child just with that foundation, right? But that's the foundation that we start with because that gives you the language. The yellow speaks the language of people and fun. The red speaks the language of power and control. The blue speaks the language of perfection and order. And the green speaks the language of calm and harmony. So again, what do you hear? What do you say? It's going to fall continuously in one of those categories. That's great. When we before we started recording, we were talking about how kids are so good at knowing themselves and recognizing themselves on the chart. So I'm curious, as a parent, when we're trying to figure out where our kids are, um, mm-hmm. do you include them in that process? Are there it, not only do you include them in the process, but how young do you start to see these tendencies bubbling up in their personality? Honestly, you can see some of the temperaments as early as nine months. Okay. You can see um, a a red toddler, for example, (laughs) you know, there, my friend has a red toddler and she was standing up in her crib probably at about 13 months and she would yell, mom, mom. <laughs> and when my friend Jenny didn't come, she would go, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> the red is looking out of that crib going, how can I take control? Wow. They're already thinking, you know, what can I accomplish? Right. So with also with children, this is so important. Most adults Let me start with this. Most miscommunication is not intentional. We just have to be more intentional. Mm. How do we become more intentional? We have to switch a really important part of communication, and that's listening. Okay. Most people want to be right. They want to be heard, and they listen to reply. 
we, especially as parents, have to listen to understand. Everybody, not even just as a parent. We've got to learn this very important communication skill, listening to understand. So if we pause and we're listening to our children, they will speak right out of their temperament. Mm -hmm. Their body language, their behaviors will come. If, if we as parents will just pause and try to connect a behavior to an innate need of a temperament, it's going to change your whole dynamics mm -hmm. of parenting. Mm -hmm. All of it. So it's that listening, it's watching them, it's pausing, it's not just jumping into punishment or lecture, or, you know, all the things parents like to do because we're busy, you know. Can you give an example, Kathleen, of connecting that, like, like the color of the kid with the behavior and then connecting that to like what their need is or like walk that out just a little bit further for us? Sure. Well, let, let's, let's back up for a second because really what separates me from every other assessment out there is the innate needs. So each temperament has their own set of innate needs and you are trying to fill these innate needs since you were born. So for example, the yellow is attention, approval, acceptance, affection. For the red, it's loyalty, sense of control, appreciation, credit for work. For the blue, it's safety, sensitivity, support, space, and silence. And for the green, it's harmony, feeling of worth, lack of stress, and respect. So even you as adults, you mm -hmm. are trying to fill these mm -hmm. every single day. So are the children. So for example, if you have a child that's a yellow and is throwing a tantrum, first of all, we know on their strengths and weaknesses, they can be dramatic. They can throw tantrums, but they're also very inspiring and creative and mm -hmm. encouraging and energetic. So now they're throwing a temper tantrum instead of just yelling at them or putting them in pot or going, what are you doing? You're being too loud. No, we, we have to be careful. Words are powerful. Mm -hmm. You want to pause and look at the, look at the behavior and go, what innate need are they trying to fill mm -hmm. right now? what's going on right now that they would choose this, you know, behavior. We have to understand kids are not, they're not sitting back going, Hmm, when mom does that, I'm going to throw a tantrum. Okay. They, they're not even capable of that kind of, you know, thought process. They're just responding to an innate need that's not being met. So maybe that's attention. Maybe, which means, and in the books, there's definitions, and I would very much encourage everybody listening to look up. These are definitions that I've collected over 30 years, and it's just to help you kind of kickstart um, the understanding of the innate needs. But attention for a yellow does not mean they want to be center of attention. They want your complete focus, especially eye contact. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So if you're stirring chili and you're doing a million things and my my daughter was yellow and she's going, mom, look at me. Look what I did at school. Look at me. And I'm like, just a minute, Avery, just a minute. You know, I'll look at you in a minute. Oh, yeah, you probably did something good. Bam. Mm. There's tantrum. And it's not because she's misbehaving or anything. She took a direct hit at attention. Wow. So I have to pause and go, hey. Let me book the cover and the chili for a second. It'll be fine. Take it off the stove. Turn around to her. Look at her. 
hold her paper. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Tell me more about the colors you used. Mm -hmm. I would have never thought to use those colors. Do you see now I'm giving her attention, approval, acceptance, and her little love tank is going right up. Right. Then she may even say, well, I don't have time for that now. I'll show you later. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Mm -hmm. Right. And now she's a graphic designer. Wow. So, you know, mm-hmm. pausing and, and fertilizing where their strengths are. But does that answer your question? Is that a good Yeah, example? absolutely. And I want you to give that because I was at your workshop at MomCon. Okay. And I have uh, um, two 12-year-olds we established. And then I have a nine-year-old. And my nine-year-old is just full throttle. And there's times where I think she's a yellow. And I, there's times where I think she's a red. But she is full throttle. Mm-hmm. And, um, so she'll get in the kitchen and she is a whirling dervish. I mean, she, and, and it's like, you know, she just thinks she can do anything in the kitchen yeah. and it's chaos. And I'm trying to keep up with her. That's so much of the time I'm trying. And so I notice myself sometimes saying to her, Elle, slow down. I can't keep up with you, you know, but I, but from your, um, it happened when I got home from MomCon, mm-hmm. and, um, I, I said to her, Elle, look at mommy. I appreciate your inventiveness yep. and your sense of um, competence in the kitchen. Yep. But let's let's take a beat and make sure we have everything we need before we get started. And even just me doing that, it actually, I mean, I think it helped her slow down a little bit, yep. but it reset my nervous system exactly. so that I wasn't just like, oh, guy, you know, this is going to be a <laughs> giant mess and all I want to do is just get her out of here. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, re- I do appreciate that about her. She's highly confident in everything she does, whether or not she can do it. And she usually can do it, actually. And so it was helpful for me to say, I actually really appreciate this about you. I notice it about you. Mm-hmm. But let's just make sure we have everything we need and that we're not using xanthan gum instead of flour, which we have done before. So <laughs> well, that's very funny. What's your temperament? Mine? Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> You had to know she was going to ask you that. I know. Dang it. Um, I'm telling you, you pro- I would be would not be surprised if you don't have some blue in you. Yes, you, I definitely have. You some definitely blue have blue. Yes. And again, yes. uh, for the for the people who are the, doing the podcast, did you listen to how she described the story? Mm-hmm. And she did great. You know, using the words to build up your daughter, you did fantastic. That's exactly. She caboosed it though with. We need to make sure we have everything we need. That is a navy blue sentence. Okay. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this young lady, your daughter, could have cared less. She right. would have improvised and fin- so that sentence, that particular sentence, you own. Right? So yes, that's, that's good. Everybody's that's good. getting is that. I want you to literally hear the red and then the blue and then you can mm. hear it and we'll just listen, right? But good for you for doing that. And, and, and let me make sure we understand something about the temperaments as well. Because when you take the assessment, you are going to have two temperaments. You're going to have a dominant and a secondary, okay? So your daughter could very well be a yellow-red. And... You are a yellow red or her, for example, let's use me, for example, I'm a blue green. I'm a blue green all the time. 
I'm not like blue on at work and green at home. That's not how it works. You're constantly both all the time. You just exercise different muscles at different times. Mm. Your daughter could very well be yellow red. And right out of the gate, we have to know yellows are loud strengths, loud weaknesses. Reds are powerful strengths, powerful weaknesses. Blues are deep strengths, deep weaknesses. And greens are peaceful strengths, peaceful weaknesses. So right out of the gate, your daughter is loud and powerful. (laughs) That's correct. You don't want to slow down that train. No, I don't. It's the world. Yeah, The best thing about her. And I've had people come to me and say, she is a visionary leader. And I'm like, she's seven, you know, but it's, but she has that in her. Definitely. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So good for you. Well, I wanted to share that example, not so much as a pat on the back for me, but it was a way that I have had that, that exact scenario in many different iterations and it's been frustrating. And I am very careful that I don't want to shut these things down in my kids, but I haven't known it was as simple. I just needed some language and it was that simple to just start by saying, this is what I'm seeing and appreciating in this moment. Mm -hmm. Now let's also Mm -hmm. And it, it worked for both of us. Yeah. So I want to pass that along to the listener too. You cannot control them. You cannot control your kids. I'm sure you're like getting this now <laughs> being a parent, but you can, you can control no one, but you can influence everyone. Mm. And it's that intentional paradigm shift of looking through another lens and looking at that child and, and really showing grace, appreciation, their, de- their design. So I have so many parents trying to fix their child, mm. like like their design is a defect, and it's not. And where I get very concerned about that is the more somebody tries to fix the design of a child, the more you risk damaging that relationship because they cannot be changed. This is how God wired them. So we have to step back and go, what's my responsibility to lift them up according to their needs and benefit all who listen, right? That's so helpful, especially because I think sometimes we think because our kids are different than us that they're broken, but they're Mm -hmm. just different. Yes. And so would you say that knowing our own color is, or our own temperament is just as important as understanding our kids? Because that gives us context for understanding how we're relating to our kids so then we can communicate better. Honestly, I don't think you could do it without it. Mm -hmm. There would would be no way that I could paradigm shift as a blue. I don't have a drippy yellow in me Mm -hmm. and understand my daughter Mm -hmm. because you're so opposite of me. So how could I honor it if I didn't understand what the difference was? Mm-hmm. And I really think we have to start with, you know, everybody came in the world alone. They're going to leave alone. You know, you have to honor how you're designed first because you cannot give what you don't have. So if you don't know your innate needs, you don't know how to live out of your strengths. You don't know how to, you know, use the words that speak life over mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Every word you use is a word you choose. So you're choosing these words that come out of your mouth. And my goal is that they're a gift to everybody you speak to. So to answer your question, you really cannot do it without knowing yourself Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. 
And then you were chosen to be the parent. I was chosen to be Bryson Avery's mom. My design has something to do with their purpose and success. I'm not a yellow mom. God could have picked a yellow mom, but for some reason he picked me. So there's something in my design to help them on their journey. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we have to honor that. So you absolutely, you got to know your design, then your marriage or partner, and then your children, and then your family, then your friends and work. I call that the life priority target. And I can tell you within seconds in my office, now it's down to seconds. I used to say minutes. Um, I can tell when people come in and that life priority targets out of order. Mm. Work inside the kids or marriage is outside in, you know, kids are inside the marriage. I mean, it's just, it will always cause conflict. So no, the answer to your question is absolutely. You've That's good. Know. Kathleen, keep talking to that mom. So the mom who's listening, who has gotten this all wrong, Um, Mm -hmm. She can't even hear what you're saying right now because she's Mm -hmm. full of shame and she's full of guilt. How can you reset her um, belief that it's not too late? Young kids, older kids, her spouse, her friends. Talk to her. Uh, I can't even tell you in 33 years how many times I've gotten that question. Like so many times. And my answer from day one has always been the same. I believe God is a God of perfect timing and order. That's what it says. Mm. So she's hearing this today because this was when her heart and mind was open to receive it. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, it may she might have even heard it and didn't even know. Mm-hmm. But this is the day it's going to take. It's going to change. So it's never to me ever, ever, ever too late. There's something in her journey up until now that had to happen to even make the temperaments and communication successful. Follow me. I mean, Agreed. absolutely. You, you have to do it when it's when it's presented to you. The door opens. That's when you're supposed to hear it. Mm-hmm. Now, once you've heard it, you can't unhear it. So then it's your choice. Yes. So if you choose not to use it, and your communication and relationships bust, you know, then you then we have to go into repair mode. Mm-hmm. But we have this skill now. We just have to use it. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I'm not a rocket scientist, but the reason I'm so fluent in all the languages of the colors is because I talk about temperaments every single day. Yeah. That's how you become fluent in a yeah. language. You've got to apply it. And that could, so transition that, so because that could be an investment in yourself every day, an investment in your kid every day. That's absolutely. I want people talking this verbiage all the time. I want people to be going like, I don't want you to be doing it in the background. Like God didn't say do a witness. He said, be a witness. Mm -hmm. I don't want you doing the temperaments. I want it to be part of who you are. So I want it to be, oh my gosh, you know, I have a tendency to be bossy, but this circumstance, you know, really requires me to delegate well. Mm-hmm. That's a little exercise in the book that I get people to, to learn to function in their strengths you can use that with your children. I used to use it with Bryce. Hey, you get a ten- you have a tendency to get really frustrated and throw your Thomas train when it doesn't go on the track. But I know you're really good at organizing. What's your strategy next time? Mm-hmm. So again, I'm teaching him he's going to have these weaknesses, but it's his choice 
to pick a strength, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a constant communication. Even if you get it wrong, let's say you get it wrong this afternoon, and you get a, have an argument with a spouse or a child. I want you to stop and go, hmm, what part did I play? Because everybody likes to blame. Sure. You made me mad. Sure. You offended me. You hurt mm-hmm. me. No. I want you to go, what part did I play? And what could I have said or done differently? Yeah. When I had given and an example. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, during our Thanksgiving episode when we were talking about what we were thankful for. And uh, one thing I started noticing in doing this year is before my wife and I would have a hard conversation, I would take time to like pray by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I found as a result of that, just connecting with this is really what was going on is, is I in, in the prayer, it is how can I speak in a way that she'll understand? How can mm-hmm. I, how can I express my emotions? What, instead of just doing the typical, I feel like this, mm. like that stereotypical, like this, these are the four steps in a hard conversation. Like it was more of, no, how can I actually say something in a way that would relate to her and that she would understand? And I remember one time I had forgotten to pray before and that conversation was a disaster. Cause, <laughs> but, but really it was because I didn't take the time to process and think through how can right. I, how can I do this in, in a loving and kind way? And so right. I think that's uh, like, that's, that's what you're saying. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about because on our tongue lays the power of life or death. Mm-hmm. If possible, if it's up, as long as it's up to you, be at peace with everyone. Okay. All those are in there. The problem is how you feel, Matt, and how I feel. They're both truth. So us just saying that isn't going to get us anywhere. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, that you're exactly right. It has to be more. What's your temper, dominant temperament, Matt? Uh, I'm probably I'm I'm probably a blue green. I'm somewhere around there. I. So it would be it would behoove me more to say to you because sensitivity for a blue means to be understood. Mm-hmm. Okay, and safety is a big deal for a blue. So even if you and I were having a conversation, I might have to say to you, Matt. You know what? I really didn't give you a safe space to feel like you were understood. And that's my bad. I want, and I did not react the way, you know, that would honor that. I want to give you time now to think about it. And I would love to revisit that conversation. Yeah. Can I just write that and send that to everybody before they talk with me? That'd be really cool. Like, uh, by the way, this is uh, prescribed actually, if you want to That's tell right. me. By the Dr. Uh, Kathleen Edelman. Yes, and- I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, the thing okay. Everybody says too, well, how do I start? How do I apply? How do I start? The strengths lists and the innate needs lists are your vocabulary words mm-hmm. or your cheat sheet. Just use the words right off the chart. If you have a red friend, hey, I appreciate you scheduling lunch for us. I want to be have your back and be there on time. Um, I want you to know I'll be there exactly at four. Okay. You appreciate, sense of control, loyalty. Right off the chart. Complete red. And I don't have a drip of red in me either. <laughs> but I can speak red. Okay. So it's using those. Everybody's going to feel more loved and understood. And that's mm-hmm. the is there is there a person with all of the <laughs> good answer? <laughs> good answer, Kathleen. He, he is the strengths of all the temperaments, mm-hmm. and that's what we're 
right? You know, that's what we're striving to be as Christ-like. Mm-hmm. The thing is that we, there's people out there, they don't like to be labeled or put into a box. And it, it makes me smile at this point because that's never been my attention. And 99% of the time, the person who says that to me is red um, <laughs> because they don't like to be labeled or put it into a box. So at now it just makes me chuckle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be a loss for me. Seriously, there's wins and there's losses. If the listeners said things like this, oh, Jenny's so funny. She's yellow. Oh, mm-hmm. Kathleen's so kind. She's green. Oh, Jenny or Jessica's such a good leader. She's red. Sure. Oh, no, that that's I would be like, yeah. no, stop, yeah. stop. Every temperament can be a good leader. Every temperament can be funny. Every temperament can be kind. Every temperament can be thoughtful. But what we have to understand is what motivates that temperament from the core of the temperament. I'm going to be a different leader than a yellow leader. I'm going to be, as a blue, a different leader than a red leader. So I don't have to reach into somebody else's box to be a good leader. Do you see? So I want everybody to just master their own temperament. Mm-hmm. And people will go, well, then can I? And I was like, hey, knock yourself out. I've never seen anybody master their own temperament. So that <laughs> can I, I more power to them, right? I was going to ask, you wrote something really interesting that every temperament sends off a unique signal when their tank is empty. Mm-hmm. And so I think it'd be so helpful to know what are those cues that we can look for in other people to recognize, oh, their tank is empty. Weaknesses. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a twofold question, right? Because really that that relates more to children because they're still... Children are wired to hit the guardrail. That's what they're supposed to do. They don't know where the boundaries are, right? So, you know, you have a three-year-old that dumps juice on your white rug. They didn't do that intentionally. I mean, they saw liquid in a cup and they were like, wow, what happens when I turn it upside down, Mm -hmm. right? So if we're not stepping back and addressing age-appropriate behavior and, and the temperament, then we're not understanding really what we're doing. But what we're talking about when knowing that their love tank, like my daughter Avery, when she threw the tantrum, the tantrum is not on her strength side, but she's learning. I'm tr- I have an innate need here of attention and approval. I don't really quite know how to fill that yet. That's where my influence as a mom is going to teach her that that particular behavior isn't probably her strength. Let's and then I would parent her to get the same response from me using a strength. Follow me. Mm-hmm. Now, adults, we use our weaknesses all the time too. <laughs> Unfortunately, I here's another loss. If I do not want people using their temperaments as a weapon or as an excuse, right? Oh, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. That's just how I do things. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, a, a again, a twofold. That is somebody out of their weakness and somebody who really doesn't understand their innate needs because they're looking for the outside world to fill it for them. And that's never, ever going to happen, mm. ever. So, you, again, you have a couple different things going on when you're talking about those signs. 
But the signs come in as weaknesses when they're looking for those boundaries of what behavior is a strength and what behavior is a weakness. And those weaknesses you've got in the book for oh, each yeah. color. Yeah. Okay, I got so then that's like that you can see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I have in that book what to say to each color, what not to say, what builds them up, what tears them down. You know, it's just, it's really so much information, so well organized. It even amazed me, the book. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put it together. I just gave them the content, but the way they put it together was fabulous. If you could own um, your most favorite fast car, what would it be? Ooh. Well, actually, I think right now I'm driving it. Oh, oh even better. It's not an expensive car. You would think it would be like a Lamborghini or, or a Maserati or something like that. It is a Cadillac V. It is. We get my husband and I take it to the racetrack because you can race what? it. It's actually a Cadillac. Oh my goodness! And it has hand flaps. Uh-huh. Those, mm-hmm. You get to the track. Wow. Those pedals. Wow. At least you were like Toyota Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> we learned that you love fast cars. That's right. Okay. How many speeding tickets do you have? None, zero. My husband's Ooh. saying he loves fast cars and he drives too fast. And he, I, I think he has one speeding ticket his entire life. Can I talk to my crazy. father-in-law? Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. How I think, fun. Again, when you, when you really do love cars, I think just like anything else, I, and plus I'm a blue, um, I have a passion for safety. Like sure. I, I don't, you know, it's, it's like, you're not reckless, you know, right. mm-hmm. there's, there's people who mm-hmm. think they can drive fast, you know, and, mm-hmm then it becomes reckless. So that's why we take it to a track. So So. fun. Yeah. Okay. uh, So you recently did an interview with Christy Paul on CNN, and we loved how you talked about COVID and our temperaments and fear. And so we're curious if you could talk a little bit about what happens in our temperaments when we go through stress or even the crises that we've all experienced over the last 18 months. Well, it's interesting because when you're alone and when you're in crisis, your your true temperament will surface. So mm-hmm. what I saw was I saw yellows that thought it was a blast at first. I mean, my schedule did not go down. It actually went up. A lot of people lost work. I actually gained work because, because of the surface thing that happens with temperaments. So the yellows thought it was great. They didn't have to go to school. They, didn't, they were with their families, blah, blah. Okay. But then... FaceTiming with their friends wasn't getting it. The the being apart from a human person, you started to see these yellows tailspin and they were getting depressed and they're getting moody and they're acting out. And it's because again, those innate needs being isolated like that, not a good thing for a yellow. For the reds, again, started out great. Mm. They were projects done. They're building barns. They're redoing their kitchens. They're, you know, doing stuff. They're moving closets. But as soon as the production, and I'm talking with the kids, Mm -hmm. kids were being productive. But as soon as those things were done or they couldn't go with, they couldn't leave the boundary, then they started taking hit to sense of control Mm -hmm. and not being able to fix what was going on. And so you saw a lot, again, temper tantrums, but different anger tantrums. They were more like because they couldn't fix it, right? Mm -hmm. 
for the blues, again, isolation, no big deal for us. So again, started out great, <laughs> hot cocoa, Netflix, the kids are great, they're reading books, they're playing games. But then you have kids that are going off the chart with worry. Mm. Okay. Am I, is my mom and dad going to die? Am I going to die? Is my teacher going to die? Is the world ending? Is, is it ever going to be the same? What are, why do these people have the mask? Why do people don't have the mask? So you have all the what ifs of the blue tail spinning right into quicksand. And then you get them like with the anxious, overwhelmed thing going on. For the greens, again, so chill. The, the, the greens didn't move the tr needle for the longest time because that's what greens do. But even greens, after a while, not being able to choose what they want to mm -hmm. do, mm -hmm. greens usually only do things they're interested in. Otherwise, they're hard to get motivated. But when, you, when, they, when they're unable to make a choice and they're pushed into a corner, they can be more strong-willed or stubborn than a red. So you had a lot of these quiet, kind greens lashing out, mm. like with anger and frustration that the parents had never seen before. Mm. Mm. And that's because they were not able to make a choice or wow. even given a choice. Mm -hmm. So again, understanding where it came from per the temperament was very helpful to, to help. Okay, then how are we going to fill the innate needs within the situation we have right now? That's good. Mm -hmm. Which is hard because it's bringing yeah. everyone's innate. Everyone's right. on, Absolutely. Right. on zero. Exactly. Absolutely. So the parents, this is what we're experiencing. We we are depleted. We're mm -hmm. trying to meet our child in their mm -hmm. point of depletion. And it's very, or our spouse or whoever mm -hmm. it is, that's very, it's a tall task. Mm -hmm. It is a tall task. The thing is we have to look, this, this pandemic's a pandemic. It's huge. I mean, it's going to be in their history books. Mm-hmm. But there's life beyond the pandemics. There's life on the sides of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. There's life around the pandemic. There's mm -hmm. love and nurturing in the moment. Yeah. There's, do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We yeah. Sometimes all yeah. the months got so ultra focused that, you know, it, all, the all of a sudden, it's like if you have your palms open. In the right hand is your weakness and the left right. hand is your strengths. If you're in your weaknesses, the circumstance 100% of the time will control you. If you're mm -hmm. in your strengths where the spirit lives, the same circumstance is going to come in, but you're going to maneuver through it. So even through this pandemic, the more we can stay in our strengths, we will mm -hmm. get through it. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? We'll be able to handle the situations. Yeah, yeah. Able to make decisions. I love that. I love what you're saying too, because it's it's um, the reminder that a really really hard thing, even a crisis, it, it doesn't erase everything that's good or possible or hopeful. That we have resilience and we have resources beyond that are still available to us. The mm -hmm. the pandemic doesn't erase that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like that young girl that's so world known now for her one comment, Nightbird, that says, you cannot wait till everything is perfect to decide to be happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? right? It, it, it's yeah. never going to be. That's not the world we're in. Yeah. It's not. So... And you said it perfectly too. The you know life will happen after the pandemic. Life happened in the pandemic. In the outskirts, yeah. babies were born and businesses were started. You know, 
I, I became a drummer during COVID. So there are there are lots of good things that came out of it. You're right. And it is yeah. the shifting. I mean, the Bible tells us that it's the renewing of, of our mind and, and right. perspective. So you are phenomenal. You're doing God's mm. work. Mm-hmm. It will not come down. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But now I have uh, some more people to help me spread the word, right? That's, That's right. right. Heck yeah. That's, That's right. right. I've got some. Yes. Room. Okay, so Kathleen, we typically end our interview, assuming we're talking with a mother, uh, mm-hmm. with this magic question, and we're going to pose it to you. What is motherhood teaching you in this season? In this season? Well, um, my children are 25 and 23, and what, it's, what it is teaching me, and I will probably get emotional, is that when you honor their design, because if you do the math, mm-hmm. I've done this longer than they've been alive. When you honor their design and you help them thrive in their strengths and you give them a place that is safe and unconditionally loved, whether they come good or bad, with good or bad to me, um, the payoff is then when they're adults, they actually want to spend time with you. Mm -hmm. And so I see my children weekly i talk to them daily and we're friends and Hmm. it's wonderful it's wonderful to watch them become people you know Mm -hmm. and in their design in their design i actually have one more thing i would like to say to your moms i I have another thing i would like to say to them lay it on us because it's so critically important that i do and i'm having so much fun with you guys there's there's some challenge words I want them to try not to use. Now, in the American communication and language here, we don't necessarily use words correctly. Mm-hmm. So these aren't bad words. We just use them incorrectly. And it's should, can't, don't, and need. Mm. Should, can't, don't, and need. What do you think you're going to get if you tell a red child don't do something? Mm. They're doing it. Yeah. Right. They're going to rebel. Tell a blue mm-hmm. child they should be doing something. They're already, I know, to, I know I'm supposed to do my homework. That's why I'm so stressed, mom. I don't need you to tell me I should do it. I know it. Right. What if you tell um, a, a yellow child they can't do something? They're all, even as adults, if I say those words to you, what's your first response when I say you need to get that done? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you push back, right? It's a subconscious pushback. So if we can get parents to stop saying those words, mm-hmm. that in and of itself is going to change everything. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. Kathleen, thanks so much. It's always mm-hmm. so, so helpful uh, to get your perspective. We're so grateful. Mm-hmm. Anytime I'm here for moms, Mom, <laughs> moms, and, and you know, I love it. I love what you're doing for mothers. I really do. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to our guest today, Kathleen Edelman, a behavior expert, but also a kindness ambassador. You can hear more amazing speakers like Kathleen at our annual conference, MomCon, which is really like MomCamp, like we said earlier. It is the best weekend ever. And our next MomCon will be in 
San Diego, September 8th through the 10th. And we'd love to see you there. Janella, we've got so many good things planned, don't we? It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Best ever. Get your tickets. Yep. For more information, get your tickets. You can find them at mops.org backslash momcon. And as always, thank you for being here with us around the mops table. We are grateful for you and the work you are doing in the trenches of motherhood. Keep going. Hey friends, thank you for joining us for Moms Unscripted, a production of Mops International. A quick reminder that opinions discussed are solely the opinions of the individuals and do not necessarily represent the organization. For more information on today's episode, please visit mops.org backslash Moms Unscripted podcast for show notes. And join us again next week for another unscripted conversation around the Mops table.